Hello and welcome back to the Worthy is He podcast. I'm Chip Stewart. It's Sunday, February 12th, 2023. And today's episode, we're going to talk about evolution and it being a different gospel. Uh, but before I begin, I'm wondering, uh, looking back to the Thou Shalt Be Entertained episode, if, if anyone tried um, the, the, the little test of taking, uh, listing out the fruits of the Spirit and the works of the flesh and watching a program or more than one program and checking off how many times they see each one uh, in the, uh, the entertainment uh, show whatever it is that they uh, they watch. I want to see what they. I'd love to hear what they came up with. So if you see me around, then uh, then let me know. Let me know if you actually uh, tried it out. I'd, I'd be interested to hear what you uh, what you found. So continuing on um, to evolution, our topic for today. Um, I think we should consider this theory and what it says about existence, sin, salvation, and then compare it to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I think this is the most important way of of looking at it. I thought initially to look at it from a perspective of um, science and and how things coming from nothing and 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 things evolving into higher forms and between different forms is absurd. But instead, I think this is more important. I think it's more important to look at this theory and what it truly attacks, and that's the gospel message. I think as we look at it, we're going to quickly discover that the theory of evolution and the associated story of creation that always comes with it, Big Bang and all that, um, they're pernicious lies, and they war against the truth of Scripture that God has given us. Um, additionally, when you look at the effects of, of these theories, or you say the fruit of these, these theories, um, it, it becomes obvious to us that it's bad fruit coming from a bad tree. So I, I do hope by the end of this episode, I've been able to show you that the theory of evolution is a different gospel. It forces us to accept a different Jesus. And finally, it robs God of his glory. When you, you know, the theory of evolution is something that we, it, it's ubiquitous. It's everywhere. We can't seem to escape, escape it. Um, it's woven into everything. Every nature show you see on TV mentions how this this creature evolved from this and that creature evolved from that. I mean, I, I heard it on a whale watching cruise one time where they say the whale evolved from a land animal that evolved out of the water. So you're telling me that the creatures you know, evolved out of the water onto the land and then the, the hippo or whatever they said it was evolved into a whale. Um, in, in the ocean. I mean, it, it, you just can't escape from this stuff. Um, and, and in the beginning of it, they're told that we're, we evolved from some sort of single-celled organism that, that all of a sudden was created when lightning or something like that hit a bog. And wow, voila, there it is. There's, there's life. Um, yeah. So, you know, we hear it everywhere. And I think it was Vladimir Lenin who was quoted as saying, a lie told often enough becomes the truth. And this theory of evolution has, in essence, become the truth in our life. And we have to remember that lies are the natural language of the world system. And the theory of evolution, I believe, can be placed strongly into this category go back to my episode about the world system to hear more about 
the nature of this, this world system controlled by the devil that we live in. So because of this, I, I see evolution as a spiritual stronghold. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6 tells us, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So this, to me, describes the theory of evolution very well. It is a lofty opinion, it's a human opinion, raised up against the knowledge of God. So I think at this point, I would say the bottom line that I have for any follower of Jesus Christ is that because of this, you cannot believe both the Bible story of creation and the and its gospel message and the theory of evolution and its associated theory of creation without becoming double-minded. So again, you can't believe what the Bible says about creation and, and Christ and the gospel and also the theory of evolution and its associated theory of creation because they're two contradicting beliefs. You become double-minded. You're trying to keep in your mind these two descriptions of existence that conflict with each other. They, they can't both be true. So now let's go and, and review what the gospel message of Jesus Christ is. When you think about the gospel, which is the good news, uh, you have to think, well, what's the good? why is there good news? Because there's first bad news. Okay, so let's talk about the bad news. And this is what the Bible tells us happened at the beginning. The Bible tells us that God created the heavens and earth, plants, animals, and man. That's in Genesis chapter 1. After the creation of man, Adam sinned in the Garden of Eden, and that's in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible goes on to tell us in the New Testament that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God in Romans chapter 3, verse 23, and that the wages of sin is death, Romans 6, 23. So here we have the bad news that everyone has sinned and everyone's going to die. Everyone's going to suffer death as a result of this. And to be cleansed of your sin, it requires a blood atonement. And that's in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. So with this background of the bad news of the fall of man, the good news is that God provided Jesus Christ as the blood atonement for our sins. And you can find that in Romans chapter 5, verse 8, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 through 4. And additionally, whoever believes in the Son of God, Jesus Christ, has eternal life, John 3.16. So that's the good news. That's the gospel message of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was essential, the essential blood atonement to atone for our sins and make us right with God so that we can have eternal life with him. There is no other way. That is it. Now, let's compare that with the theory of evolution and what what its gospel is, what its gospel message. So trying to kind of read into to evolution, the bad news in evolution is that man is a cosmic accident and his current state is mortal, imperfect, and has not yet reached immortality or godhood. 
The good news is that we work hard enough and direct our own evolution so that we perfect ourselves and become like gods, become immortal. Does that sound anything like what might come out of the mouth of the serpent? You will be like God. In the theory of evolution, there, there, there is no sin against God here. So there is no need for a sacrifice or blood atonement to become right with God. It's a very, very different message, and it contradicts what the, what the Bible says. So now let's take a, a little bit more of a detailed look at these two competing belief systems. So let's look at creation first. So what does God say about creation? And this is from Genesis, the first couple chapters of Genesis. It tells us that God created the heavens and earth out of nothing in six days. Exodus 20 also echoes this. It was created around 4000 BC. And the reason why I say that is that James Usher did a very precise timeline based on the dates in the Bible, how long people lived. And he worked his way backwards to how long it was. It's about 4000 BC. He actually puts the, the, um, the start of it at 4004 BC. That's, I, we'll, we'll treat that as an approximation, um, a very um, stark contrast to millions and billions of years. Okay, so we're talking thousands, not millions and billions. The Bible also tells us all creatures were created directly by God according to their kind. And then finally, God created man in his image, in the image of God, from the dust of the ground, breathed life into him, and then God created woman from the rib of the man. So how does this compare with what evolution says? Well, evolution tells us, and it's you know the, in the theory of creation that, that's associated with it, um, everything came from nothing. Everything came from nothing. In an event commonly referred to as the Big Bang. Uh, this, this Big Bang event occurred billions of years ago. I don't know. They may be up to trillions now. I don't know. They keep changing how long it took. Um, and, and then they also inject, oh, it could be, maybe it's multiple universes, a multiverse or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, um, life was, it, it says life was created by chance from some sort of lightning strike or something like that in primordial soup, complete speculation. No one's, who, who saw that? No one was there to see it. Life began as very primitive single cell creatures and evolved into higher forms through random mutation and, and is commonly referred to as macroevolution. And that's really what I'm talking about today, not the microevolution, not those small changes within a kind where the beak of a of finch or whatever gets bigger or smaller depending on the conditions. I'm talking about where one kind mutates and, and evolves into a different kind, like a bird into a fish or something like that. So also according to this theory, um, good mutations survived and bad mutations were selected out. And uh, this mechanism is, is commonly referred to as the survival of the fittest. Uh, man, we are part of this process and evolved from the original primitive life form, that single cell, whatever it was, into what we are now. And therefore, the assumption is you could logically conclude, well, we have the potential to continue evolving. So to take this and try to fit this story of creation into the word of God, we have to, we are forced to allegorize what God tells us and not take it literally. And a lot of times we'll mistranslate yom, the Hebrew for day, as something other than day. 
and we'll we'll just look for places to try to shove in millions and billions of years in the text to crowbar it in there. I mean, really have to work hard to try to make the two align. And I, I believe it's impossible. Let's move on to sin. So that was about creation. What, what does, what does God say about sin? And what does the theory of evolution say about sin? So God tells us that Adam sinned and now all men have sinned as a result. Death came into the world through this sin. So death for men can be seen as abnormal in the world that God originally created. And Romans chapter 5, verse 12 sums this up very succinctly. Um, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. So that's the origin of sin, according to God. Now, what what does the theory of evolution say? Really, there is no such thing as sin defined by God because there really is no God to sin against. Death, which the Bible tells us came into the world as a result of sin, has existed from the beginning of evolution. Death, murder, violence become normal parts of the system, especially as, as, um, as part of the survival of the fittest mechanism for evolving to higher forms. Because, you know, if, if I'm fitter than you are and I kill you, well, that's a good thing in this system. So I'm fitter than you are, and I get to survive. My genes get to survive and, and move on. So you can't consider murder, violence, these sorts of things as sin in an evolutionary model. These things become an integral part of the process. So how can you tell me it's, it's sin? I think at this point, sin really becomes defined by humans instead of God. Additionally, uh, in the evolution timeline, how can we correlate the evolution of man to an Adam and Eve moment? You know, at what point of evolution do Adam and Eve exist? Where can we point to? Yep, that that single cell thing evolved all the way up, and now it's Adam and Eve that the Bible speaks about. It's impossible. You can't do it. So we're forced once again to allegorize the Word of God into some sort of mythological Adam and Eve. And, um, and we're doing this to accommodate this wisdom of man that, that we're told. So finally, let's take a look at the Savior. What, what do each one of these um, theories talk about? Um, how, how do you describe the Savior? Um, well, really, if there's no such thing as sin, we really don't need a Savior. And I think that's the whole point. At least that's one of the points behind the theory of evolution. You know, we, we don't need to be reconciled to a God who either doesn't exist or fashion creation via evolution, uh, which that, that mechanism allows for and even rewards sinful behavior to uh, accommodate the survival of the fittest. So the belief in Jesus Christ becomes foolishness in an evolutionary system. So that forces us now to have to make a decision. Do we throw away our Bibles and worship at the altar of the science Or do we believe God? So the Bible says, what God says about our Savior is this. We are his direct creation. Man is his direct creation. We sinned and rebelled against our creator, which alienated us from him. Our sin deserves eternal punishment. Our sins against the holy God. Therefore, we need a perfect sacrifice to atone for the sins of man and to restore our relationship with God. 
And then the good news that God provided that perfect sacrifice in the form of his son, the Lamb of God, who died on the cross to atone for the sins of mankind. And this is the only way to be reconciled with God, not one way among many. So I would say that, therefore, if we believe that the theory of evolution and what it says about existence are true, then there really is no reason for the sacrifice of our Savior, Jesus Christ, on our behalf. So what do we believe? So let's now take a step back and see what God says about creation and him as the creator. Well, Romans speaks specifically about rejecting him as creator. Uh, if, you, if you turn to Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 18 and ending in 20, it says here, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness in men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. So here, I mean, it's, it's very descriptive of what, what mankind has become, fools. And they come up with these theories like evolution to suppress the truth about God as the creator and how he created us in those first six days of creation and replace it with something in millions and billions of years. Well, these, these, these wise, intelligent men, these scientists that, that, who say, hey, yeah, yeah, it was millions and billions and zillions of years ago. Well, were they there to see it? How do they know this? Except they, they build assumption upon assumption upon assumption that's laid upon a foundation of foolishness. Now, God has made foolish the wisdom of the world. Please read 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. And then, if you turn to Job chapter 38, this is where God confronts Job. And I think you could almost hear him confronting these scientists who think that the, the, the universe was created out of nothing millions and billions of years ago. Here's, here's how God confronts Job. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Where were these scientists, let me ask you? Tell me if you have understanding who determined its measurements. Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Or who shut in the sea with doors when it burst out from the womb? When I made clouds its garment and thick darkness its swaddling band and prescribed limits for it and set bars and doors and said, Thus far shall you come and no farther, and here shall your proud waves be stayed. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place, that it might take hold of the skirts of the earth and the wicked be shaken out of it? It is changed like clay under the seal and its features stand out like a garment. From the wicked, their light is withheld and their 
uplifted arm is broken. Have you entered into the springs of the sea or walked in the recesses of the deep? Have the gates of death been revealed to you or have you seen the gates of deep darkness? Have you comprehended the expanse of the earth? Declare if you know all this. Kind of a stinging rebuke, isn't it? I would say he would ask these, these scientists the same thing who came up with the theory of evolution and its story of, um, of creation. So let's, um, let's now take a look at the fruit of the theory of evolution, the bad fruit. Um, lies. Let's, let, me, let me talk about lies. Lies are told to make us believe something that is not true for a reason. In other words, there's a purpose behind lies. So there's purpose behind evolution, the theory of evolution. And I think you can start to discern what the purpose or purposes are based on the fruit of the theory. Lies also hide some sort of truth and cause us to think or act in a certain way in response to the lie, really in response to believing the lie. Many times to act or believe in a way we normally would not. Um, for instance, the, you know, the, an example of this would be, you know, when the serpent lied to Eve in the Garden of Eden um, so that she would disobey God. All right, so let's start, let's start looking at the fruit, the bad fruit of the theory of evolution. So as, as I've shown um, previously in this episode, or prior in this episode, um, the theory directly contradicts the scriptures. And it can be taken to replace the scripture's description of creation with one that is radically different. So now it's undermining the scriptures. It also undermines believers being able to point to the creation to lead people to Christ like Paul did among the Gentiles. This was in Acts chapter 17, verses 22 through 31. So this is undermining our ability to share the gospel with Gentiles. Usually with the Jews, they would start with the Jewish history, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But for Gentiles, they would start with the creation. Well, if, if you're able to convince people that the creation was random and came out of nothing billions and billions of years ago and it contradicts the Bible, well, how, how do you use that as a starting place to share the gospel with them? So I believe one of the purposes is to undermine our ability to share the gospel. Theory of evolution eliminates the need for God as a creator. And because of this specifically, it's teaching a different creator, and therefore it teaches a different Christ. If you turn to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, it identifies Christ as creator. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. And then you go back to Genesis 1 through 2, and that describes how all the heavens and earth were created by and through him. And I want to point you to Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 17. He, Jesus, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. So the theory of evolution contradicts what the Bible says about the Creator, and it is teaching a different Christ. 
The theory also nullifies the need for a Savior. It nullifies the cross. This is a different gospel where the theory of evolution really leaves up to us to perfect ourselves, to save ourselves. Turn to Galatians chapter 1, verses 6, 6 through 10, where it says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, because there isn't, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. It's a, it's a very um, important point that he's making here about are we seeking the approval of man or of God? Do we believe God or do we believe man? So I would say those who preach evolution, let them be accursed. And as Christians, we should not be propagating this lie. I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode, The Believer's Responsibility to the Truth, because we worship the one who is the truth. Lies are the language of the devil. He is the father of lies, and we should not be propagating them as children of God. The theory of evolution gives people the ability to dethrone God in our schools by replacing creationism with evolution. At first, it came alongside it as an alternate theory, and then it pushed, pushed creationism right out. And it goes for other institutions as well. The theory of evolution makes man-directed evolution logical and even desired to perfect man and make man God or immortal. You will be like God. The theory of evolution makes it easier to introduce a theory such as our planet was seeded by another species of beings out there in outer space, aliens. I think it's called panspermia, offering yet another theory of where we came from that contradicts the Bible. The theory of evolution gives people an excuse to rule out God while conducting scientific research. In fact, it's discouraged. Any sort of creation as you're, you're doing scientific research and putting God in there is, uh, is frowned upon, and I, I think you'll lose your funding if you do that. The theory of evolution also leads us to believe that we're an accident. We humans are accidents. Each individual is an accident. We're without purpose and insignificant. Whereas the Bible says you were created by God in his image and that you have value. Please remember that. The theory of evolution leads us to believe we're not responsible for our actions as we just evolved this way. And you're certainly not a sinner, at least you know, you're not a sinner before a God. You know, it gives man the ability to, find what, to define what sin is. Let me say that again. The theory of evolution gives man the ability to define what sin is, taking it away from God. And then finally, I would say that the theory justifies the belief that the end justifies the means. If there's no absolute right or wrong or sin, it's all relative, we get to define it. We can do whatever is necessary to achieve the end that we want, which, you know, in this case would be perfected man who is God. You can do anything as long as you get to that end. And that is certainly not what the Bible teaches. So, what happens when we reject God as a creator? 
uh, well, let's go back to Romans 1 and um, verses 24 through 32. Therefore, this is after that rejecting the truth. Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions, for the women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness, They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. Does this sound familiar at all? Is this not what is going on in our society today? Our society has rejected God, and this is what we reap. I encourage us all to return to God and what he says in his word. Don't believe the lies, and don't propagate the lies. The final thing um, I want to say um, in regards to an effect of the theory of evolution. When, when you reject God as creator, you're basically poking him in the eye. You're denying him the glory that he rightly deserves. In Psalm 19, it talks about the heavens declaring the glory of God. And this, this, this describes exactly the creation of what it should be doing in people. It, it, they should be able to see it and discern the glory of God. Here it says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor are there words whose voice is not heard. Their voice goes out through all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tent for the sun which comes out like a bridegroom leaving its chamber. And like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and there is nothing hidden from its heat. I have to ask you, who do you listen to? Who do you trust? Do you trust the God of truth or the science of man? Do you believe the Bible or the foolish speculations of man? In Romans chapter 4, verse 3, it says, For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Do you believe God? Do you? Please reflect on this. Was Darwin there when God created the heavens and earth? Was I? Were you? No, but I know who was. He wrote Genesis. The God of the Bible was there. He created everything and he told us about it. 
nobody else, nobody in existence today was there. And at the, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to either you believe the Bible or not. There's, there's no in-between. It's either the truth or it isn't. That was something that, um, when I became a believer, became very evident to me. You know, before the, the Bible didn't mean a whole lot to me. It was just, I could read it and it bounce off my forehead. And you know, some parts sounded nice and others didn't. But, but once I believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, it, it became very clear to me very quickly that you either believe the entire Bible or not. You can't be cutting parts out. You know, if you, know, if you take your Bible and, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to believe the evolution narrative. You know, I'm going to open my Bible. Okay, well, that contradicts, that contradicts Genesis chapters 1 and 2. So, well, I don't need that, right? Um, well, six days of creation now is millions and billions of years. Well, Exodus chapter 20 in the Ten Commandments talks about that. So that kind of invalidates that part. I don't need that. Um, hmm. Male and female. Ugh, who knows what those are today, right? You know, Jesus in Mark chapter 10, verse 6 talks about male and female and, and mentions being being made like that from the beginning. Well, I don't, that's, no, that's not right either. Nope. That's got to go. You know, Genesis, go back to Genesis, the fall. Well, when was Adam and Eve? Don't need that. You know, and, and you start ripping the Bible apart and what's left? It's all tied together. It's all the word of God. It is it is inspired by the Holy Spirit and it's his truth. You might as well just pitch the whole thing. Why do you need it? I guess I I I I do this to make the point that do we believe God or not? It, it's a serious matter. And we can't be picking and choosing man's truth over God's truth. We've got to pick God's truth and trust in him. I think that's the biggest point. So we must trust God. There are so many things in this world that we're being told and and many of them contradict what God says. And at the end of the day, we got to go with what God says. Bottom line. So I'll I'll um I'll conclude here. Um the theory of evolution and, and its creation story are pernicious lies of the devil. The lies of the devil. And they undermine the gospel of Jesus Christ and pull mankind away from God and into eternal ruin. The devil hates man. He's anti-human. He's anti-God. And he's anti-human. And he's trying to pull mankind away from believing in God by throwing a lie like the theory of evolution out there. Our God instructs us to be discerning. So we must filter everything we are told in this world through his word and believe God. If something contradicts the word of God, it's not true. It's not true. It might seem like it at the time, but it's not true. Because God, there is no falsehood in him at all. This is his word. And Jesus Christ is the word. Think about it when you don't believe it. So for um, you know, for those of you who haven't heard, you know, argument against the theory of evolution before and have been raised, you know, to believe it in your schools and your science classes. And, you know, every, it seems like every time you turn around, you hear it, you know, I, I encourage you to pray about it. Um, when I became a believer, this was one of the first things that God opened my eyes to was the lie of the theory of evolution. And, um, it, it became very apparent to me that I was being lied to by the world. And I found that very offensive 
and this was one of the first ones. So, you know, this may be difficult. I, um, I encourage you to go pray about it and talk to God about this, this theory. You know, we are in a spiritual war and we need to be able to identify and reject the lies that war against the word of God, the word of God, and also against his glory. These lies that rob him of his glory because the theory of evolution is a prime example of this. Well, I hope, I hope you found this episode helpful. Um, it's honestly, it's taken me a little while to put it together. I, um, I was going to start, I think, as I mentioned at the beginning, by trying to go through and refute, um, scientifically the, uh, the theory of evolution and, um, and, uh, and and show you how it's absurd. But I think it's, it's, it's critical. We look at it from the perspective of Jesus Christ and go straight to the cross. And what does the theory of evolution say about the cross? You know, it doesn't seem obvious at first, but when you start to pull it apart, it does say something about the cross and our need for a Savior. And it tells us we don't need one, but we do. And Jesus Christ is that Savior. And if you not have not believed on Him, I encourage you to repent of your sins and believe on the name of Jesus Christ. If you are interested in uh, more of a scientific refutation of of the theory of evolution. One book I'd recommend to you that I read a long time ago is called Darwin's Black Box, The Biochemical Challenge to Evolution by a gentleman named Michael J. I'm, not, I'm probably going to mispronounce his last name. Behe. It's B-E-H-E. Bravo Echo Hotel Echo. I found it to be very, very helpful and insightful as just how absurd the theory of evolution really is. Well, may, may God bless you. May his word encourage you, sustain you, and may he help you and uphold you each day for the rest of your life. All glory to him. Amen. So check the, uh, the show notes. I'll put links in the show notes from time to time. And this one, I am going to put a link to the book I mentioned. Uh, called Darwin's Black Box, and I uh, may include uh, one or two other resources as well. And, uh, and so that you know, no Bibles were harmed during the recording of this podcast. Take care.